the folks up in here. Yeah. And then you know you somebody when you can sing and play at the same time. <laughs> and we see that this young man there training on the drums and and uh, his brother told me he could play the bass a few minutes ago, so you should never tell Coach Fields. <laughs> so we'll see him soon. This message I've been wanting to do as a lecture for a long, for a couple weeks, and I could not get it together of what I wanted to talk about, because I, I just couldn't get it in my head, because I wanted to deal with um, a word that would help us to get a better understanding that all things are not bad, but we need to be more, I, was, I, was, I came up with compassion, I came up with understanding, and I just couldn't get click. And so I'd done two other messages instead. Dr. Nicole Price gave me a, a gift as a book. And you should never give me a book because I'm gonna read it, okay? And in that, it clicked. Empathy. Empathy. We need to have empathy. Yeah. We talk about love. We need empathy. And that means the ability to understand another person. You see, everybody ain't like you. <laughs> everybody ain't like you. Everybody don't think like you. And sometimes they can be the closest people to you. And we all have, and when you get in this mess, I'm gonna use this one person, and it says the ability to understand another person. You need to understand what that person is going through. To understand where they're coming from. Then it says understand another person's thoughts, feelings, and what else? In a situation from their point of view and rather so, than your own. And you look at that situation from somebody else's point of view rather than your own. There's a many a person, we all are roller coaster people. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> and when I was reading, it really connected to me to a great example who is a roller coaster person in me. Stay with me, because you laugh at me, but you're gonna laugh at yourself in a few minutes, right? Because there, there are certain situations that I go through that affect my understanding. You see? And then sometimes, I remember, I think he was joking. When I first was on one of the chemo medicines, there's so many of you know, they said it would make you a little irritable. And so uh, I was telling the family, irritable, and of course my son, who loves me very much, said, oh, that won't make no difference. That's like, he just being dad. He just being dad. <laughs> but in all fairness, certain situations cause us to see, speak out of the pain sometimes. Yeah. And tragedies sometimes. And can I say it? And a broken heart sometimes. 
And uh, so instead of us criticizing them, we need to give them empathy. They need empathy. They need for us to understand them. And I'm the one that always says, have people in your life that don't think like you and don't look like you. Have people in your life that don't think like you and don't look like you. Do you understand? And so I, I couldn't think of a better person than the relationship that Jesus had with Peter. Now, and I'll do that, you know what I'm doing. Andrew, see, we need, one thing we need is a lot of Andrews. Everybody, Peter was an incredible apostle, probably the greatest apostle of all times, as far as power. You know, Paul done all his writings, but you know, Peter, I mean, he could walk past people and his shadow was healing people. I, I mean, he was really an incredible an apostle, okay? And uh, I, even when he was getting ready to be crucified, he told them, crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to be crucified as my Lord. Now that be, you see? But he was like some of us, like all of us, he had a roller coaster personality. And he talked out of his personality, some, um, out of his pain. Has any of you ever talked out of his pain? Say yes. yes. All right. And have you ever talked out of your frustration? Say yes. yes. Have you ever been hurt through a tragedy? Say yes. yes. And then you needed somebody to have empathy. Yes. You see? The most, the thing that when someone passes away or a tragedy happens, the thing that drives me crazy when people say, well, I know how you feel. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't know how I feel. You see, when my brother passed, you didn't have a relationship with your brother. They had a relationship with their brother. You see, there's some people, well, I won't say that. No, I'm going to say it. There's some people that won't, don't really want to even go to another person's funeral. That they're relative because they don't have that relationship. Somebody else is going through the pain. So we have to deal with those people different. Amen. How many people in here said some things they regret? Amen. Amen. All right. And if you're not careful and that other person doesn't understand you, you put somebody in your life that you need in your life Amen. over one situation or circumstance instead of wondering, why did they say that to me? Where were they at? Does that make sense? Yes. Many of us in here on medication. It tells you on medication that it's going to alter your way of thinking sometimes. So if you know somebody's going through something and they're on certain medications, then you need to have what, empathy? Because they're going to speak out of that sickness that that medication has given them. So let's just talk about, you know, now remember now uh, when we need more Simons. Everybody talks about, excuse me, Andrews. Andrew found Christ. And when Andrew found Christ, he was excited. He called him Messiah. When Andrew found the Messiah, what he said, he went to uh, uh, Peter and says, I found the Christ. See, a lot of times what we need to do is when we find Christ, we need to go tell somebody else and to bring them to Christ. Do you understand? Now, we don't hear much about Andrew when we read the Bible and we preach stories, but no Andrew, hello. 
no Apostle Peter. See, so, so sometimes it takes somebody else to get you where you need to be and to be with who you need to be with. And don't be ashamed of it, because sometimes when people get saved, they don't want to tell their friends on their jobs that they say, oh, you're a church boy now. Oh, so you want in church, yeah, now. you know how the people do. You see, you said, well, you need to go, because what I found at church you need. I found the Christ. And so immediately, Jesus says, when Peter and Andrew come to him, 42, please. Yes, he says, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Yeah, and then we know about the rock. He immediately, Jesus immediately had a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. You see, he immediately had a relationship with him and called him. His name said, hey, I know you are. I mean, that's great to have a relationship with someone. I mean, I'd be nice boy if someone could. Jesus looked at me and said, you Johnny Fields. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to make you pastor, Johnny Fields. Mm -hmm. That'd be exciting. Mm -hmm. That means we got a good relationship. Okay, here we go. And the thing I like about him was, remember now, he's got a personality like some of us in here, okay? We're getting to the fun part. Pretty soon we're going to get to us. All right, here we go. So let's turn to Luke 5, starting at verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And I'm going to go faster. Uh, you see, he'd been preaching after he got through preaching. He tells Simon to, you know, Peter, you know, go out in the deep, well, it may come up here later. He said, put down your nets and go out there. Mm -hmm. And like me and you, what did Simon say? He says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. He said, listen, I've been working all night, because they fished at night. I've been working all night out here. I'm tired. I'm disappointed. And now you're telling me to go back out there at the wrong time of day. Now, we got a problem. And I do the same thing. We sit up in church and we do that. We would do the same thing. I've been, de I've been working all night. I ain't caught nothing. I'm tired. I'm disappointed because we haven't got anything. And now here you come up here telling me to go back out there and then go back out there deeper in a boat that's not supposed to be out there in the deep. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's right, folks. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is think about it. How many of you in here, think about what it is, you've been working maybe with somebody. Uh, you've been doing something in your uh, calling or what you do, and then it ain't been working for you. You're tired, right? You're disappointed. And then Jesus says, well, you need to go back over there and get further in it. Now, I know. Now, I don't have to be human. I'd be saying, hey, man, hey, brother. I'm tired, and I'm a fisherman, right? I'm a professional fisherman, you see? And I ain't caught nothing, and a professional fisher, I don't go out there in the middle of the day, and we don't go past that, that water line out there. And now you telling me to go back out there where I've been, ain't caught nothing, and then go deeper out there. I would complain. How many of us would complain? Amen. Uh, well, see, you're not saying it like I want. I've been ministering to these people. I've been talking to this person. <laughs> I don't, I don't, wait a minute. And I ain't got nothing 
from my effort talking to him or her, right? Right? And they further away from me than they've ever been for me. And now you're telling me to go further and get more involved in their situation, their circumstance? Yeah. But they had a good relationship. Okay, here we go. Then he said, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Because you say so, only because you say so, am I going to go out there and let down these nets. All right? He's, he's right now. He doesn't need any empathy now because he's doing exactly what he's told to do. But it's coming. <laughs> And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Hey, it worked out. Sometimes, if you go a little, a little deeper, listen to what Christ is telling you, you'll get your blessing. You'll get, you'll get your blessing. Let me tell you how, how powerful y'all's pastor is. I've been praying, because I'm getting old, about getting everything straight with young folks in there, you know. I mean, I have a 10 to 15, y'all thought I was going to say two or three. <laughs> I seen them three young men walk in here and heard that they were played instruments. You seen one of them up here today, and he's going to start, right? Well, you know, I'm nosy. They're all three musicians, so just a few minutes ago, I asked the other brother, what do you play? He said, the bass. Oh, so you'll be up here. Over on this side. Fishing. Fishing. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody. There's nobody. There's no musicians in Christ Temple North. What are we going to do for the younger group? Go fishing. Drama. Bass. And then found out there's a piano playing thing up in here. We, we kicking over here. You see? You go fishing. Some of you need to launch. Go a little deeper. Your blessings out there, okay? Now, Peter's got a great relationship with Jesus now. Well, here we go. So in verse 7, it says, So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come yeah. help them. And they came and filled the both boats so full that they began to sink. And so when Pastor Fields went out and, saw, and got these musicians and got these people doing it, everybody else and gets the blessing and gets to hear it too. God doesn't do anything for you that keep for you. Fun part. We're still doing good? All right. Yes. Then when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And now he looks at Jesus and Lord, go away from me because I'm a sinful man. That's great. Have you ever felt like you weren't worthy, went to church and just got beat down? That you weren't worthy? When they open the doors of the church, it amazes me sometimes. They tell you what kind of you are, and then they open the church, and they want you to walk down the aisle, and you two are embarrassed to get up because he just got through talking about them. And you don't want to walk down that aisle because you wanted them. He just got through talking about sometimes. But it's Jesus. Now, you can't go down some churches in the aisle because you've got to be a certain type of person. But you can go down and see Jesus. He didn't think he was worthy. All right, here we go. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken, and so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Everybody was excited about what's going on in the church. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then Jesus said to Simon, 
Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Oh, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to fish for people. Man, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Now on, from now on, I'm going to fish for people. I'm going to be under the influence of Jesus Christ. I've accepted it. I'm, I'm good. All right? And so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. So they left everything and followed him. Great relationship, right? Great relationship, right? But you know, sometimes we go up and down. Okay? Now turn to Matthew 16, starting at verse 13. And I'm going slow on purpose. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Now stay with me. Now when Jesus got there and he's sending the disciples all this, and he says, hmm, who do people say I am? I, I mean, should be pretty easy. All of the disciples should have known who he is. So why would he ask the disciples, why do you fool people say I am? Why should he care? But he asked the disciples, who do people say I am? Stay with me, all right? They replied, some say John the Baptist. Yeah, some of them, they don't know. Some say you John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Because people get confused. They're still getting confused on who Jesus is. Okay, we st But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Well, everybody else was scared to answer him. But Simon Peter uh, answered. Because, you know, he bold. Mm -hmm. He got the mouth. Now, he's going to say, I ain't afraid to answer. I know who you are. All right? And he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You're the Messiah, the son of the living God. This is what Simon, I mean, because he had a real good relationship with Jesus. He knew who Jesus was told everybody else, hey, boldly probably. All right, here we go. Then Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. So this is not revealed to you by flesh and blood, mm -hmm. but by my Father in heaven. In other words, you're in the spirit. So he was in the spirit. So he knew exactly who Jesus was when he was in the spirit. I remember when I first got in the spirit, it was exciting. It's an exciting thing. And I could have been this guy. And later on, you, you'll, you'll all say, man, who really know me, I could have been this guy. Okay? And some of you all could have been this guy. Excited about Jesus, knew who Jesus was, wasn't afraid to get out and speak. Probably said it real loud. I know who you are. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. It's in the spirit. And Jesus said, yeah, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. So if flesh and blood didn't reveal it to him, Jesus said, hey, my father is in heaven for us. We would know the Holy Spirit is revealing this to you. So that means Simon was in the spirit. Because only the Holy Spirit could help him to identify who Jesus was. Okay? And in verse 18, he says, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Wow. What a relationship. He says, man, this guy's good. Everybody wants, what are you talking about empathy? You don't need empathy for this guy. I mean, he's doing everything right. Let's see. And he's excited. Jesus said, man, upon those words, I'm going to build my church. All right? What a relationship they had. All right? 
I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. All right. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Man, he's giving you some power. In his word, he gave him some power because when he was in the spirit, man, he knew who Jesus was. He knew he was the Messiah. And Jesus said, let me tell you something. Through those words, I'm going to give you power. You see? Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Right. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem now, and suffer many things. So now Jesus is saying, hey, he's going to tell them what he's got to do. I mean, what he's going to suffer. Mm -hmm. I'm going to suffer many things. And you know, Peter loved Jesus, and he was in the spirit, and he knew what Jesus' calling was. Mm -hmm. They had a great relationship, okay? So in verse 22, Peter took him aside and Whoa. began to rebuke him. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> Surely that's not in the Bible. Not this sure guy that just got through identifying who he was, right? Was obedient, excited. Now the same guy is going to take Jesus over here and tell him, wait a minute, and the Bible says he done what? He rebuked him. He's going to rebuke him. <laughs> he rebuked him. Said, no, you ain't. You ain't going, what are you talking about? But what was he speaking out of? Flesh. Flesh. And love. Mm -hmm. He's speaking out of flesh. And the love out of the flesh. Come on now. This is going to sound hard. It's amazing to me. Have you ever lost someone that you loved and knew they were saved? But you didn't want to hear it. You were hurting out of love. We make fun of Peter here, but he loved Jesus, mm -hmm. and he, he loved him, and he spoke out of love, even though he was out, out of line mm -hmm. to us, you see, because mm -hmm. his heart was hurt, because Jesus had told him what he was going to have to go through. Right. I want you all to get this, because I'm going somewhere with this, okay? Yeah, in his rebuke, he said, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. This was his calling. And Peter said to Jesus, never. This will never happen to you. How many times has somebody in your life came to you that you loved, you see, and tried to tell you that that's not who you're supposed to be? You will never such as that. It was his calling. Peter knew his calling, but he loved him, and he talked out his flesh. How did Jesus handle this? So Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now this is somebody Jesus loved. Stay with me. Stay with me. Are you with me? But Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Was he talking to Peter or was he talking to the spirit that he was in? Got it? Sometimes, now don't be called folks Satan. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we need to be intelligent enough to know what spirit people are talking out of. Because Peter's talking out of pain now. 
So Jesus talked to that spirit and said, get behind me, Satan. Go ahead. Then he said, you are a stumbling block to me. Satan is using Peter, the same person that Jesus loved, to try to be a stumbling block for him. Great guy. He always uses, who was the main apostle? Peter. Who was the strongest? Peter. Who loved him? Peter. But when you're in pain and you're hurt, sometimes you say things. You are not saved. All right? But here's the key. So y'all get upset at Dr. Price, all right? Not me. All right? How are you supposed to handle it? How are you supposed to handle it? Because you know what they're going through. We need to quit putting people out of their life and getting mad at folks. Look and see what they're going through and what spirit is attached to what they're saying and why they're saying it. It takes empathy. You got to handle it with empathy. All right? Keep going. Then Jesus said, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So he's talking to that spirit. You're thinking about the human part, and I've been there, and many of you have all been here. Yeah, we got, we love the Lord, we know that, but something has happened, and we got a pain, and that pain is making us talk out of the flesh, and we're saying some things that maybe we shouldn't say at that time, but we're coming out of flesh, but we ought to have somebody in the church, in the family, that will, will be able to look at us and give us what? Empathy. Not walk out of our lives because of what we said. Because they know we were hurting. All right? Okay. So now we're going to turn to Matthew 26, starting at verse 33. Now, am I making this plain? And some of you all, now I'm not talking about abuse and all that kind of stuff. Watch who you put out of your life as well as who you put in your life. Because somebody may say something that, that they say that you don't like, but you need to know what spirit they're speaking out of. It could be pain. It could be, now you know me and God fell out for real. I've told you all that. Physically fit and hard as I work out, when that doctor told me I had cancer, me and God fell out for real. About 13 hours, wasn't it? I didn't want to hear about him. I'm doing all this. I'm, I done, I'm coaching kids, and I'm out here uh, preaching and counseling people and doing all this, and, I'm, and, and I get cancer, and I'm telling people, you a healer? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. But what was I speaking out of? And God still loved me because he gave me what? And my wife was right there, didn't say a word. I know she just went and prayed. Because she knew I was speaking out of the pain. That was a shock to me. That was a shock. Anybody else ever been in a shock like that? And you didn't need nobody to give you no scriptures. You needed somebody to give you what? Empathy. Because they understood where you're coming from. You see? It's one of the worst things, and counselor will tell you this, is to be a person that's a counselor or a pastor or something, and something happens to somebody in your own family. And then the accuser comes in and says, well, you know, you're a pastor. You should have saw that. You're a counselor. You should have picked that up. And we get upset at him. They don't know. We have to understand they're hurting. 
And so they're speaking out of that hurt. All right? So Peter here replies and states, even if I'll fall away on account of you, I never will. Who? Peter. That's what I like about this guy. But he's coming back, isn't he? He's coming back. Oh, Peter's coming right back. He's made it through that. Jesus got him in check. And Jesus understood what he's going through. And now Jesus was talking about the things he's got to go through. And now Peter's got his head on straight. Okay. Roller coaster. Roller coaster. He's saying, what did he say? Even if all fall away on account of you, said, I never will. He said, if all the rest of these guys fall away, I'm going to be there for you. And Jesus, probably and all the other guys are saying, man, you know, I love pastor. But I don't know about what Brother Gerald talking about here. <laughs> He's trying to tell us all of us is going to go out there and we're going to be and protect him. You know, but Peter's kind of like some of us, got a lot of mouth. <laughs> kind of like your pastor, okay? When you got a lot of mouth, it can be used for good and bad. <laughs> and you can express yourself through your mouth. You ever done that? But Peter's different. He said, no matter what happens, but Jesus gave him what? Let's see if he has to do it more than once. Here we go. So Jesus answered, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Wrong. Not me. Not me. I love you. You must be talking to the other 11 because you ain't talking to Johnny Fields. Because I'll go down with you. He's got through saying it. Didn't he just get through saying it? So he must have met it. So Jesus got to be wrong when he says that Johnny Fields, yeah, you talking all that, going around there preaching and saying all this thing. But once I, that doctor tells you you got cancer, you're going to wonder if you should even be a pastor at all. And did. For a minute. Got in the flesh. For a minute. But thank God he gave me. Because, see, what he understood was he, God understands us and our thoughts and our feelings according to the situation that we're in. And we need to start doing that for each other. We need to start, this country is split in so, so many divisions and folks don't like these folks and these folks can't go here and this folk can't do that. No, 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 no. And people are saying stuff and falling apart over whether I wear a mask or not. There are people who fell apart over, was COVID? over COVID, broke families up. Church is up. You understand? You understand where I'm coming from? But they were speaking out of the pain and the confusion, the chaos. But maybe Peter's right. Maybe he'll be the last one to go down. Let's see. So Peter responds to Jesus and says, even if I have to die with you, That's what I said. will never disown you. When? <laughs> never disown you. Never. Okay, here we go. So in verse 69, now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. And he's sitting out with the people, and I know that he was preaching the gospel. He was talking about the mighty Christ. Surely would. He had to be around those people talking about Jesus. Because he said he had never denied him. 
So if he had never denied, no matter what his situation or circumstance was in, he would be talking about Jesus. Surely. Here we go. But he denied it before what? them all. I don't know what you are talking about, he said. Speaking out of what? Fear. Speaking out of fear. We got these emotions. Sometimes we say things because we're speaking out of fear. He's speaking out of fear now. It's easy to talk all that talk when ain't nobody in front of you. As Brother Mike Tyson says, everybody, huh, till they get hit in the mouth. Everybody got a plan till they get hit in the mouth. Okay. So then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this yeah. fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. Another person comes up, he, you got a second chance, dude, get it right. Mm -hmm. What did he do? He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. He went big time. <laughs> I don't know the man. Well. Christians do it. We all do it. Come on. I don't know him. This is somebody talking about he, a few minutes ago he's going to die for him. But now he gets up here and got hit in the mouth. Got another plan. You know what his plan was? Don't know him. Okay. So after a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. You're getting three. Your what? Your accent. Your accent gives you away. You're one of them. You can't hide, dude. You're one of them. He had a third chance. Because you ain't scared. You just got through telling Jesus. You would die, didn't he say it? So that means you're fearless. See, have you ever been fearless at the mouth? <laughs> but when it, came, when, it, when it came up on you, the coward came out. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Here you go. Here we go. So then he began to call down curses and he swore. What? Now he got him cussing. Yes. <laughs> no, this is the gospel, people. Now he's cussing. He done went from not denying him to, not, to cussing. Okay. And he swore to them, I don't know the man. Now he's swearing. This brother went from loving, loving Jesus to dying for Jesus, being obedient, first of all, fishing, loving Jesus, going to die for Jesus to denying the cousin, same guy. Yeah, all of this is tough. Till something comes up, you got to make a stand. All right. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Nice. He feels the pain. Everybody, look at me. You ain't a real Christian if you've never felt the pain that you weren't obedient to God like you should have been. That something happened in your life that you didn't think about it and should have said, I should have handled that better. I should have trusted him. But it happens. 
All right, where am I at? So now we're going to turn to Mark 16, starting at verse 4. Where am I? Okay. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And I can talk about this because we're talking about what Christian means I handle things like Christ is supposed to handle things. You know, I get with you if you're wrong. But I'm still going to love you. And then sometimes I understand why you're saying what you're saying because I understand the situation you're in. So I'm going to give you empathy for that. You see, I'm not going to start blaming you. I'm not going to lose friendship with you. We just disagree. You see, but I'm going to love you more because right now you don't need a counselor. You need somebody to give you empathy. Mm -hmm. Just listen to you. You see, sometimes that's all that people need. Just listen. Somebody's hurting. How can that be offensive to you, what they say? They're hurting. Yeah. It's just the pain coming out in negative words. Mm -hmm. I can handle that because I know once the pain is gone, we're going to be right back where we should be. But guess what? It's going to determine if we're going to be right where we should be. Not the person that said it, but the person that was listening. Okay. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe. And sitting. we call that an angel. Uh, they saw an angel at the right robe because I'm going to yep. kind of move a little faster. Go ahead. Uh, the, he said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus and Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? Now listen here. Peter's done denied. He's done done all kinds of stuff. I ain't want to talk to that brother, say nothing to that brother. I ain't even mentioned his name to that sister. Seven. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. What? The angel, wait a minute, is going to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You go tell the disciples and especially Peter. Why would you do that? He was the one that denied me and was cussing and went crazy. The spirit had which one? Because he knew. Speaking out of what? Fear. Let me tell you something. Not everybody. But when they tell you, you got so, so long to live, it's scary. You see? And you need for the angels of the church to come and give you empathy. You know, a lot of people gave me scriptures. That was a waste of time. I didn't even read them. I, <laughs> I knew scriptures. I wanted somebody to tell me they loved me, that they were praying for me. Yeah. You see? Okay, if you ain't been there, you keep living. You'll not understand what I'm talking about because all of us in here have ran off at the mouth through our situation, through our pain, and thank God that somebody stayed. You see? They may not have liked what we said, but they stayed. Okay? 
Now let's turn to John 21, starting at verse 15. I'm going to finish it up here, okay? You would think, after all this brother done done to Jesus, that he'd be saying him. Let's see. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Here we go again. Now what's going to go on? Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Well, now he's giving him a chance. Saying, Simon. Now this guy's done three, done denied him three times, done cussed him, went and done tried to call him. He's just been all over the place. But Jesus still says, Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus answered and said, feed my sheep. Sometimes, and you may be sitting in here. Jesus loves you. He knows what you said was coming from your pain, was coming from your frustration, was coming from your fear. You see, he heard your mouth, but he knows your heart. He knew that Peter really loved him. There are some people who really loved you, and if it ain't happened, it will, that really loves you, okay? That needs empathy from you because they're going to say something that's out of line to you, but you're all right. They ain't. Do you understand? Okay. So so, some of you all sitting in here say you're in love with each other. You know, y'all sitting there, and I've watched some of these couples, and they all in love with each other now. Okay? But what if your wife comes to you, this happened, true story. Couple, husband and wife, pastor, first lady. Everything's good. She had breast cancer. That was about 15, 20 years ago, wasn't it? 15 to 20 years ago before they had it, they could do all the stuff they do now. They took both breasts off. Being a pastor, loving and preached the gospel. I'm going to tell a lie. He was there all the time. No, he wasn't. He divorced her. True story of someone we know. What are you doing? What are you doing? No what? No empathy. What you going through ain't nothing, gentlemen, what she's going through. She's losing a body part, chemo, and radiation, and you can't handle That's no empathy. She needed you to love her more. The thing that, uh, everybody look at me. The thing that next month, I think it'll be 53 years, we'll announce when that is, August 22nd. The thing that Sister Gwen has, your first lady, that I love about her, 
the spirit. When you love a person's spirit, they can lose body parts. You'll have empathy for them and love them because you love what they, what's inside them, not what's on the outside them. And, and, and men, same way, when we go through things. It's easy sitting in church when everything's okay. You know? Sometimes your wife may get frustrated. Let her be frustrated. What's she speaking from? Pain, frustration, busy. Give her some empathy. For some of y'all that don't know the word, know that, then try a little tenderness. Okay. So Jesus says again in verse 16, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Are you sure? Are you sure? Jesus says to him, Simon, second time, do you love me? And what did he answer? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Take care of my sheep. So Johnny, you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Take care of my sheep. Okay, here we go again. Now, now, now you're about to get on my nerve, Jesus. <laughs> I done told you I love you. Here we go, third time. Third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. Wait a minute, dude. You hurt because Jesus asked you the third time if you love him. You had three times and denied him. Now you upset if he asks you three times, run that dude. <laughs> upset. And the third time he said to him, Simon, yeah, John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. He was hurt. And Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. Yeah, he did. First of all, I knew you was going to deny him. You know I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. What did Jesus have for him? He had love, but he showed his love and expressed it through what? Okay, I got a question. How many of you in here love Jesus? Raise your hand if you love Jesus. Feed his sheep. Feed his sheep. You're loving? How many of you love him? Do it again. Say, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Feed his sheep. Third time. I love Jesus. Feed his sheep. He put us here to have empathy for other people and to help other people. Period. We are not here for ourselves. We are here as Christians to feed the sheep of Christ. Churches would be full if people would quit criticizing folks and looking down on folks and feeding, and have empathy for folks and feeding people from what, what they need. If a, everybody's got something they need different, then God's got somebody that's got the very food that they need. Yeah. Let me tell you something, and it's got to start in your relationships with him. It'll get in your relationships with your, with your spouses. It'll get in relationship with your family. Be about it. Now listen, some people in this church right now need to go back and you need to evaluate somebody you put out of your life because y'all had a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. 
and make sure it was worth it. And I ain't talking about abuse now. And don't get caught up in that thing. I'm talking about some word, somebody said something to you you didn't like, and they, well, vice versa. Where were they at here? Where were they at here when they said it? Take a look at that. Think about where they were at. What pain were they going through? What frustration were they going through? What had happened when they went through? You call somebody up and they're frustrated, they're going to speak through frustration. You call somebody up and they're hurting, they're going to speak through pain. You call somebody and they, and they talk to you, they're disappointed, they're going to speak through their disappointment. All they need for you is sympathy. They don't need a sermon. Tell them you love them. You see, I love you. What do you need? What do you need? I love you. They get loud because listen to me. Sometimes it's you need a friend that you can get loud with. And I still love you. That you can sit and say, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated. Can I come over? And you can say, yeah. And they let them do what they got to do. They get it over. Get it out of the system. And they'll say things. But when they calm down, give them empathy. I love you. I can't do nothing. I can't take your pain. I can't take your frustration. I know that divorce hurt. Someone told you. It's broken your heart. I know your heart's broken. I can't mend your heart, but I can love you. I can love you. I can feed love. I can feed your love. God good?